This is Unstoppable with Zen Honeycut, episode 32. Wireless harm. It's not just 5G. Well, good morning, folks. Thank you so much for being with me today. Today, I'm going to talk about a very important online conference call that was held by Occupy EMF Harm, in which they hosted Dr. Martin Paul to be on with them. And Dr. Martin Paul is the professor emeritus of biochemistry and basic medical sciences at Washington State University. He is published and widely cited on the biological effects of electromagnetic fields. He speaks internationally on the topic, and he has published seven studies showing that there exists exquisite sensitivity to electromagnetic fields, EMFs, in the voltage sensor in each cell, such that the force impacting our cells at the voltage sensor has massive impact on the biology on the cells of our bodies. So he's clear about how wireless radiation impacts our bodies. And it's not just 5G that he's talking about. However, he does say specifically that wireless uh, radiation and 5G have uh, very harmful impacts. And uh, I'm looking at right now the page you can look up is Phi Beta Iota P-H-I-B-E-T-A-I-O-T-A. And at the very top, they have a talk that Dr. Martin Paul gave to the National Institute of Health, which is short and sweet and something that is very important to share with family, friends, city council members all around, right? And so I'm going to go into the main points of his talk. This is going to be an abbreviated version, mind you. And uh, my, according to my notes, if you want the, you want the words directly from him, I believe Occupy EMF Harm will be posting the recording. And so you can look for that, and you can also look at his talks and his papers. He has a seven-chapter, seven-chapter, uh, uh, ninety-page uh, document on this page, on this public intelligence blog, where you can find him and many other places on the internet. But before I go into the uh, really disturbing information that he shares, I want to give a little context here, or ask you to consider something. And that is, for instance, uh, it's been raining here in Southern California for four days on and off. And some people may look at it raining outside and say, oh, it's a terrible day. Now, another person, perhaps a gardener like myself or a farmer might look outside and say, awesome, it's raining today. And, and I'd ask you to consider when you see something happening or when you hear news, what do you make it mean? Do you make it mean that it's terrible? Do you just see, hey, that's happening? Or do you make it mean that there could be something wonderful that would come out of this? And I know that may sound naive to hear the words 5G and think, oh, wait, something wonderful is going to come out of this. But just just consider that some people think that it's raining, it's terrible. On the other hand, when you look at the science, uh, one man that I talked to that knows a lot about water I believe he was an engineer. He said that when it rains, the rain particles come down and collect particles. I mean, the rain droplets come down and collect particles through thousands of, you know, feet or many miles through the air. And they collect energy. And when they hit the ground, it electrically charges 
that plant to grow. And he said, and if you'll notice, plants grow much faster after a rain than after you water your plants with a, with a hose. It, there's a significant difference in growth. And that's not just because of the water, it's because of the electricity charge. So they sprout and grow much faster with this energy. So just consider when something happens that you think might be terrible, what if that was actually a way to charge us, to help us to grow, to be fruitful, to create something new that normally might have just been lying dormant and just not may not have sprouted or grown the way that it would with just regular water, right? Or if just things were happening normally. So just ask yourself, what what are you going to make this mean when you hear really bad news you know, that's going around on the internet? And uh, what are your actions that you're going to take as a result of that? And how will that, those actions impact other people? Okay, so Dr. Martin Paul, I didn't get on uh, completely on time. There were some things I might have missed in the beginning, but I do get from the beginning uh, when I was listening that he was talking about safety guidelines and he made it clear that... Um, or actually from other, from other sources, I, it's been made clear to me that they are not safety standards as the applicants from Verizon or AT&T will claim that there are, they will say that their technology is safe according to FCC standards. That's what they will repeatedly say when they get up at the podium in front of your city commissioners or city council members. Now that is completely patently false. And you can hear Dr. Martin Paul say that on the call. Because the, first of all, not only are they not standards, they're just guidelines. And the science that the FCC considered back at that time um, did not include health and safety standards. They simply considered the heating impacts, you know, like a microwave, which heats your food, right? But they don't, they don't consider if, if um, a cell phone or, you know, a cell tower emits, um, you know, rate when it rate emits radiation, they only consider six to 30 minutes and they don't consider anything other than heating. So if it's not heating you, they think nothing's happening. They just disregard all the other effects, uh, which are docu- well-documented that there are many other effects, neurological, you know, reproductive, uh, cancer growing, causing tumor, which happens much longer after six to 30 minutes, right? You, you, <laughs> And we're not only exposed for six to 30 minutes. So we're talking about constant exposure to these, this wireless radiation with 4G and 5G, especially being close to our homes. But in the beginning, he wasn't talking about 5G. He was just talking about wireless radiation. He said, and smart devices equal more pulses, equal more dangerous. The modulating pulses in wireless are uh, a major uh, impact of what ha- makes it harmful. And he said another fault in the FCC decision-making is that they only look at the average intensity. They don't look at the peaks. So if you get a Safe and Sound Pro 2 meter from Safe Living, which which measures radio frequency radiation, you'll see on it that it doesn't just give an average reading like some of the other meters, like one reading. It gives three different readings. One is the average that you're 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 getting in general, um, and the other one is peak at the very top, and the other one is max peak. So there's peaks that you will 
experience over, that might be different over time, right? But the max peak shows the highest one. And when I say peaks, I mean, you know, when you see a heartbeat on, you know, a monitor in the hospital goes up and down and up and down and up and down. Well, the radio frequency and the microwave radiation does the same thing. It goes up and down and up and down. And the waves change depending on how many pulses, right, per second and what the frequency is and how much it goes up and down. So all of that, I'm not an engineer, but, you know, this is uh, what he's reporting, that the average intensity is not measured according to FCC. And we are ex experiencing those, you know, high levels, high um, of the frequencies, high intensities, and it's not being accurately assessed for the FCC guidelines. He said that what we're, what we're being exposed to with smart appliances is 10 billion times more than what's needed and also than what the FCC is considering, um, you know, to be safe, even based on their faulty standards. He said, for instance, it's like a bullet. He said, if I were shot with a bullet, it would take about 50 microseconds for that bullet to harm me. You know, the amount of time it takes for the bullet to go through the skin and actually harm him would only take about 50 microseconds. But the FCC says, well, wait a second, it's okay if you average out that impact over time, like over 24 hours. Well, that's ridiculous. Can you see the fault in, in that science? You know, because it doesn't take 24 hours for the bullet to impact the skin. It takes 50 microseconds. So their, their science that they're using is completely faulty and, um, and it, it doesn't take into consideration things also like the pulses. He says the pulses that are coming out, he says, if you have the same pulse two in a row, um, that is more harmful than if you have one pulse that is an opposite polarity of the other pulse that comes next, then those two would cancel each other out. So that is something that um, can be looked at and that modulation can be changed and these waves could be less harmful if they, you know, made some changes. Um, the ranges of intensity, uh, lower harmful. Oh, by the way, he didn't say that these could be less harmful. That came from Daphne Tackover from uh, wearetheevidence.org. She's, she's very much encouraging um, telecommunication scientists to change the modulations. She believes that would be less harmful. Um, yeah, so he says that um, the biological effects of these um, microwave of wireless radiation are unpredictable because human beings are different. So we are all impacted in different ways. And that's why it can be, um, you know, challenging, according to Trevor Marshall, to repeat studies exactly because different people react in different ways. He said, for instance, children are more impacted because of the surface to volume ratio of their brain. They also have thinner skulls. Winner, women also have thinner skulls than men. And uh, so women and children are more impacted by wireless radiation. He said children that have developing brains, they're especially sensitive. I mean, if you think about it, their brains aren't fully developed until they're 25. And uh, we're exposing them now at a very young age. He says that's also a factor, the cumulative effects. Children are being exposed to wireless radiation at a much younger age. We adults, you know, in our 40s have only been exposed to this for the past couple of years intensely. And children are now being exposed to it at very young ages. So they are going to be more impacted sooner in their life.
Uh, he says that 5G is highly pulsed to cover high amounts of information, and the implications are immense. He said it's impossible to avoid right now because of the amount of wireless radiation going on around our world, and that this should be a high level of concern to to everybody. He also says that exposure to wireless radiation has been shown in studies to increase fear responses, to increase fight or flight. So this may be why after your children play video games, or this is why your children, after your children play video games, they're especially cranky and irritable and aggressive. He says that fear responses mean either panic or aggression. So, um, Husbands, if you're seeing your wives being increasingly worried about things and fearful or vice versa, maybe we should start limiting our time in exposing ourselves to electromagnetic frequencies and hardwire your laptops and your cell phones. Uh, I have noticed a significant difference in my house since my husband has hardwired the laptop and cell phones and I no longer keep a phone on. I used to keep the phone by my bed, plugged in, charged in. Yes, I turned it to airplane mode. But what I didn't know is that the electricity coming off the the wire just from charging my phone at night right by my head was also impacting me. And I know people who keep their phone on by their uh, uh, head right by their bed all night. And while you're sleepy is an especially dangerous time to have exposure to wireless radiation. So really important folks to get your laptop and your phones out of your bedroom, or at least turn them completely off. Uh, If you don't turn them off, they are still going to be uploading and looking for information even while you're not using it. So it will still be emitting uh, radiation. And if you got a meter, you would be able to see how much uh, radiation was coming out of that. So, okay. Also, he said that, um, suicide rates have been reported to increase around 5G. He talked about one incidence where there was uh, 5G installed on in an ambulance and the EM, uh, the emergency workers were um, found. I don't remember if it was two out of five or three out of five, but it was, you know, a small group of those ambulance workers that worked in that ambulance were two of either two or three out of five of them committed suicide within a few months. And so he said that is because the changes of the brain, the impact to the brain um, can imp- uh, increase depression. And, you know, remember the fight or flight s- situation, right? It impacts the brain. It can also increase depression. I mean, if somebody's constantly fearful, they're going to be depressed, right? Um, or if they feel like, you know, running away, anxious, they're going to get depressed. And so that can lead to suicide. And he said that also in rats there were that were exposed to wireless radiation, within one second there was a change. Um, however, within um, and this was a, and two month old rats within one day there were more significant changes. A few months later, they had uh, universally they all had early onset dementia symptoms or Alzheimer's symptoms, and all five changes were occurring within two months. They could see that all five changes that are, you know, uh, what they use to diagnose Alzheimer's were, were occurring. And, uh, and it was clearly developing into Alzheimer's or was Alzheimer's. And within eight months, there was much stronger effects. And, um, and that age equivalency for that time range of the study is equivalent to a 12-year-old child 
developing early onset dementia or Alzheimer's. So what he projects is that it will very likely produce early onset dementia in young adults and children very soon. And um, if you, you see the stats that one out of six of our children in America have learning disabilities, you've got to wonder if this might not be because so many of our children have smartphones or cell phones or their iPads or laptops that they're spending many hours of day now. And then we wonder why they can't remember certain things. Okay. So he also talked, said that there are um, 197 bodies of evidence that have been peer reviewed, right? Articles that contain reference to thousands of studies. So this is not just a few studies here and there. I mention a few studies and, and he mentions a few studies from what he talked about, but keep in mind that there are thousands of studies. Also, um, that women that were exposed to microwave radiation, their children um, experienced changes in their brain. Um, this was our, sorry, animal, in animal studies, that they experienced changes in their brain, but there have been reports of changes in the bodies of babies that are exposed to radiation as well, particularly losing their hands for some reason. Um, their limbs are impacted. It might be the timing. We, they don't know what's going on. But um, they do notice that the synopses are not fully forming in the brains as well of the, um, the animals in the study. And so that's correlate, right, with early onset dementia and depression, depression and learning disabilities. He also talked about the impact of EMFs on sperm count. There are many studies showing that the quality and the production and the function of the sperm is reduced with exposure to microwave radiation. So gentlemen, please stop carrying your phone in your pocket or at least turn it completely off when you put it in your pocket. Very, very important to keep this microwave radiation away from your reproductive organs. He said that in Switzerland, a study done just a few years ago showed that 62% of the young males in Switzerland were infertile. Only 4% of their sperm were normal and 96% were abnormal. And that led to 62% of the young Swiss males being completely infertile. Now, this study was done before 5G, but they do have very intense 4G um, installation in Switzerland. You know, they're very big on technology there. So uh, he says this could lead to a crash of, you know, reproductive abilities, bring it close to zero within a few years. And uh, he's very, very concerned about the, you know, reproductive capabilities. He said if we get down to less than 10%, basically our human population will be extinct. And I would like to point out that it may not happen within a few years that we would be extinct because we do have banks of, of um, eggs and sperm and, you know, all of that. However, only the very wealthy, only the elite will be able to afford and reach your fertilization and continue the human population. So that's not a world I want, or I think that you want, where only the wealthy get to survive. So we really need for all people from all socioeconomic levels to understand this, that we are facing the extinction of the human population with a widespread exposure of wireless radiation. 
he said that it should all be taken out. 4G, 5G should be taken out of cities, out of our towns. He said, we don't need Wi-Fi. We can do everything wired. It would be better, faster, safer, and less hackable. It would be more private, right? So we do not need wireless technology. Also, 5G is um, is fire hazardous. It causes fires because it makes the plants more um, vol- volatile. They create something called turpines, which are highly flammable when they're exposed to 5G. And um, it weakens the, the structure of the plant as well. So they become more brittle and high, more flammable. He said that in South Korea, there was 5G installed on April 3rd of 2019 on the East Coast. And 1.5 days later, there were the biggest fires that the country has ever seen in that area. And so he believes that 5G is the reason why that happened. And um, 5G has also been connected to some fires in um, the one in, I believe, was it not Marine County? I, be, I think in the Hollywood area and then also one further north as well. Um, in addition to starting 5G because it makes the plants, I mean, starting fires because it can make the plants more brittle, birds can also build nests on top of these small cell facilities and their nests and their wings and all of that, right, can get impacted with the wires and, all, you know, every the small cell facility. They can also fall down when there's inclement weather, when it's highly windy, that can cause a spark and can cause a fire. So there has been lawsuits against that and um, they have started more fires. So in this day and age, that's reason enough alone to stop using this. Okay, also birds are dying, um, masses of, uh, en masse. He says there's two out of four instances where it was um, connected to 5G. And in Wuhan, he did address 5G there, that there was a smart highway built with 5G all along, of, all along it for 5G cars, and that there were 10,000 5G antenna put in in 2019 on LED streetlights. And this was in the last two months of 2019 in uh, November and December. And, and what he points out is that the COVID-19 impact was higher in Wuhan than anywhere else in China. So he says that the areas in the, the cities in countries that have COVID-19, the cities with 5G have a higher death rate. So he believes there is a correlation to the death rate a a, higher death rate of COVID-19 with the cities that have 5G. And of course, he thinks they should be shut off immediately. He says that um, the the impact is oxidative stress, inflammation, and mast cell activation, which happens with uh, COVID-19 and also, you know, with 5G. So he says that, you know, Wi-Fi is a major threat to humans and um, health on our planet. He also points out that the virus is real. You know, there were some people on the call that asked, is this virus real? Is, um, could it just be the effects of COVID-19? And he said, no, this virus is real. It has been identified. It's been, you know, uh, tested. It's been acknowledged and viewed and right seen by, um, he didn't say this part, thousands of doctors, but what I'm presenting to you is that thousands of doctors and um, lab technicians around the world, you know, have identified uh, this virus through testing and through um, symptoms and, you know, all of that. So, and they've also tracked it. They've tracked it from 
you know, churches and different locations where it's been passed on. So it does spread. It is a virus and it is real. And um, other people on the call pointed out that to, to imply that it's not real is really detrimental to our cause. And I want to circle back to, you know, making implications and assuming things and looking at what do we make it mean, right? So for instance, recently there was a video posted by a Republican center, senator in the Midwest somewhere that said uh, that he got a letter from the Department of Health in his state because he's a doctor, also a medical doctor. And he said, I felt like they were coaching me to state that a death, that the cause of death for um, a person is COVID-19 versus, you know, anything else that they may, any other symptoms that they could have come in with. He said, for instance, an 86 year old woman, if she came in and died of a, you know, a heart condition or whatever condition she had or upper respiratory condition, if it was later determined that anybody in her home had COVID-19, that they, he should then mark it down as COVID-19. Now the reporter asked, why do you think that they would do this? Why do you think they would want you to report COVID-19 when it may not be COVID-19 that killed, you know, a, a, a patient? And he said, I don't know, maybe to create more fear, you know, fear controls people. And so many people think that this is the fear around this is being created simply to control us. Now I would question that that may be true, may be absolutely true. However, what also may be true is something that came to my mind when I saw an article about a woman who in Boston, a young woman in her twenties who got COVID-19 and went to the hospital for seven days for treatment. She also had some under other underlying issues, but she went to the hospital for treatment. And for seven days, um, she was there, got treated, came out, recovered, and then got slapped with a bill for 34,000, something like $947. She's like, I don't know how I can afford this. I don't know how anybody can afford this. So what she's trying to do is get covered under Medicare, and she's hoping that the bill will be covered by Medicare when she's when she um, gets coverage because it doesn't preclude pre-existing conditions, right? So she's hoping that it'll get covered. Now, my question is, what if Medicare will cover the COVID-19 treatments? What if the government will pay for that? Well, then it would behoove the departments of health to tell the hospitals, like, you better make sure if you think it was COVID-19 that you put that down, that it was COVID-19 in order to benefit the uh, hospital to get paid and in order to benefit the patient to not have to go into debt and bankruptcy, right? So it could mean that, right? And so we want to make sure that we don't assume the worst in every single situation and that we find out the facts, the information to back that up and, and to not put out information that could be harmful and create more of this fight or flight symptom in us, right? Which will, which really does, it divides people and it creates fear and panic and it puts us in a victimhood state. And when we're victims, right? Like everybody's out to kill us and the elite are out to kill us. Um, we are disempowered. We are, we don't feel powerful. We're not motivated. We get tired. We get weak. We get sick. So I would encourage you to look for ways that look for things that can be empowering, look for meaning that is, is showing somebody's commitment and their dedication 
and to really be careful about um, sharing theories and you know stuff that Q says and some plans and how Trump is all in on this. Listen, folks, if Trump was in on this and he knew this was a fake pandemic and we're just getting ready for this real pandemic, which is supposed to be, you know, injecting us with vaccines and then turning on 5G and killing us all. I mean, this type of stuff. If Trump was in on this, don't you think he'd be wearing a mask? Don't you think he'd be sequestering himself to not get the virus? Or is somebody going to make up a theory saying that he's already immune? You know, like, really, we have to be careful, folks, what we're sharing. So let's make sure to make it mean, you know, whatever happens in life, whatever we're faced with, that perhaps it's an opportunity for us to rise up, for us to grow, to get charged with this like electricity of knowledge that we're that is coming down on us now, right? This information that we are receiving. Let us be charged by that and be reinvigorated and rise up out of our dormancy and grow and learn and share and be fruitful and create more empowerment with other people by saying, okay, so this is happening. Here's what's happened. And here's what we can do about it. So I would urge everybody, everybody, everybody who's posting anything about this issue or any other issue. If you post bad news, also post what you can do about it. Allow people to rise up and take action, support them, create that space. And we will create healthy communities together. So you can go to momsacrossamerica.org. We have a new page now called RFR, Radio Frequency Radiation Studies. We have tons of studies there. Not all of them, because there's thousands of them, but the very important ones. And we want to thank all the people before us who have done so much work to collect all of those studies and support all of us who are just learning about this. Thank you for being unstoppable for with me and for doing one thing today that will help create healthy communities. Thanks so much. Take care and have a great day. Uh-huh.